0: Music courtesy of David Dinger, a great musician and engineer, does great work. He has some new stuff coming out, and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can get David to give me permission to, sh- you know, tell you where you can get his music. He does a terrific job, doesn't he? Always oh, sets the stage for the Rancher Radio podcast, <laughs> and I'm your host, Jim, longtime reader student of the Arantia Revelation here with you with another I-hope-to-be-fine episode of the Arantia Radio Podcast. Uh, A couple of footnotes. Uh, We have some good, I think, good interviews coming up with some folks who recently did presentations at the Scientific Symposium a few weeks back. So stay tuned for that. And then also I'm working feverishly uh, editing going through still phase one of my book, which I've told you about, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, it is not easy to edit. Uh, it's about 150 pages now, and I hope to have some of it posted on the website at youranchoradio.net so that you can take a sneak peek. But I'll let you know when I do that. Right now, I'm about up to uh, chapter 6. And along the way, trying to figure out what the purpose of the book is. And I, and I suppose as an author, you should know why you're writing a book before you start writing it, right? But I guess it's it's the same premise as the website, which is to introduce new people to the Arantia book. I mean, I'm getting old. I'm getting up there. I have 40 years of of tried and true reading experience and thinking about the Arantia book. I mean, there's a whole generation of us now who had the book in our possession going back 40, 50 years. We may be actually the first generation to have such a large group of people who have had the longest opportunity to read through the Arantia book and come to conclusions truly. And I think that's pretty pretty interesting. And so, you know, we're passing the torch, and there are a lot of new readers coming on board. As a matter of fact, I got an email from David uh, it, was a, it was a letter, David Cantor, who's a longtime Urantia book reader. The Urantia Association sends out wonderful emails. So you should get on that list. Get also the foundation, they give you updates on what's going on. And then there's others too uh, Fellowship, I mean, uh, Urantia Association International, and all of these people from these various groups. And there's so much, so many more internationally. Uh, and everybody's contributing. So you can see that there's a good vibration coming on this book. I I think it's starting to... I wouldn't say it's got critical mass. I think we're a long way away from critical mass. But I think we're right where we want to be. The people that are finding it, it's easy to find the Arantia book. People are, uh, you know, learning about it through social media. And it's all good. You know, I think we... We, uh, me personally, uh, I'm trying to be more open about the book uh, in my day-to-day, but I'm also discretionary about who I share the, the book with. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if the world at large, especially now, is really ready, but boy, they could sure benefit from it, wouldn't you agree? So the question is, are we to be teachers, preachers, or, or ambassadors of, of Christ in presenting this revelation? And to that, we can look to part four in paper 155, one of my favorite passages from Jesus himself as he is speaking to the apostles. And this is towards the, it's almost getting close to the end uh, where he goes into Jerusalem and all hell breaks loose. So he's, he's talking about to his apostles, he says, look, this isn't the same as what was before. What I'm teaching you is the beginning of a new period of, of of God consciousness. And so he he says, and I'll read just a little bit. And then I'm going to get to some of the questions after this. Uh, David Cantor had posed a question What do you think makes the Urantia book unique? And I have a quite a few great responses. And I'm going to share that with you. But first, you know, in talking about this revelation and what we're supposed to do with it, Let's remember what the master told us. He says, I have called upon you to be born again, to be born of the spirit. I have called you out of the darkness of authority and the lethargy of tradition into the transcendental light of the realization of the possibility of making for yourselves the greatest discovery possible for the human soul to make. The supernal experience of finding God for yourself, in yourself and of yourself and of doing all of this as a fact in your own personal experience. And so you may pass from life to death, from authority of tradition to the experience of knowing God. Thus you will pass from darkness to light, from a racial faith inherited to a personal faith achieved by actual experience. And thereby will you progress from a theology of mind handed down by your ancestors to a true religion of spirit, which shall be built up in your souls, as an eternal endowment. And that's what true religion is. It isn't a part of your life. It is your attitude toward life. Wouldn't you agree? You know, people say, are you a religious person? No, but I live religiously. Everything is special. There's a a great quote. To a man who has God in his life, all things are spiritual. I think Jesus said that. He, He goes on to say to his apostles, your religion shall change from the mere intellectual belief and traditional authority to the actual experience of living that faith, which is able to grasp your reality of God and all that relates to the divine spirit of the Father. The religion of the mind ties you hopelessly to the past. The religion of the spirit consists in progressive revelation and ever beckons you on higher and holier achievements in spiritual ideals and eternal realities. He goes on to say, so much more. In paper one fifty five, explaining what, you know, intellectual religion is versus the religion of revealed experience, of knowing God personally. Uh, this particular quote I love. He says, "You must seek to, you must cease to seek for the word of God only on the pages of the olden records of theologic authority." Those who are born of the Spirit of God shall henceforth discern the word of God, regardless of whence it appears to take origin. Divine truth must not be discounted, because the channels of its bestowal is apparently human. Many of your brethren have minds which accept the theory of God, while they spiritually fail to realize the presence of God. And that is just the reason why I have so often taught you that the kingdom of heaven can best be realized by acquiring the spiritual attitude of a sincere child. It is not the mental immaturity of the child that I commend to you, but rather the spiritual simplicity of such an easy-believing and fully trusting little one. It is not important that you should know the fact of God as you should increasingly grow in the ability to feel the presence of God. So those are just a, a, a few words from the Master uh, Jesus himself as he's teaching his apostles. And many of us, as we you know get to know the Arantia book, we we realize we're on to something a, a little more unique. And that's why I want to turn our attention over here to David Cantor. Let's see if I can find it here. It's basically the primary subject of what we're talking about here on the Arantia Radio podcast. If I can get my mouse to work. strange. Okay, here we go. So in the uh, Urantia Association, I guess you could call it a, uh, I call it an e-blast, but it's just a collection of articles that are written by people who read the Urantia book. And David Cantor says, "What? what is it that makes the Urantia book any better? All right, we've talked a lot about that, about what makes this experience of the Urantia book different from, say, uh, the Bible or other books of spiritual importance. So David writes, so what is it that makes the Arantia book any better? And I'm not interested in mere qualitative differences in conceptual content, but rather the functional role which the text plays in personal spiritual experience and growth. That's what he asks. And, he, and, I, and I won't give the identity of the people who responded except by first name. But they're just remarkable responses. And they really, uh, I think, exemplify what what the previous sayings that the Master we just spoke about, Jesus in paper 155, about that unique experience of following uh, the new revelation that Jesus presented to his apostles and to the disciples and to the those who would listen. So here are some of the responses about the Arantia book that might help you in understanding how unique it is, really. So from Sue, she answers, I think the forward of the Arantia book gives us It's total purpose, to present enlarged concepts and advance truth in our endeavor to expand cosmic consciousness and enhance spiritual perception. Jeff writes, The things that distinguish the Arantia book from other religious texts for me are, Number one, logical consistency. The Bible and other texts are not internally consistent. The laws of God are the laws of physics. Other texts rely on the incorporation of magic. And number three, it fills in the missing links of our soul's process to find God and be like him. Also from another Jeff, my quick two cents from my own experience is that the Arantia book unlocks a quality of spiritual liberty that results from becoming exposed to the panorama of concepts presented in the Arantia book, along with its loving invitation to see oneself as of unique and supreme value in God's creation. He goes on to say, If personality is unifying in these experiences of value, which is the question theoretically optimizing the soul growth mechanism, it is the enhanced quality of spiritual liberty combined with the expanded cosmic framework, which combines to create what I can only describe as a reliable environment for soul growth opportunity. Well, that's pretty poignant, isn't it? Uh, Pamela writes, my take is that if we're going to grow our souls, then like Michael, we are challenged to, quote, enhance the revelation of God. The breadth of the Arantia book helps us explore the ever-expending question experience. How big is your God? I like that question, don't you? A few more from Andre. He writes, I did not trust that any organized religion would tell me anything, true or not, livable or not, that would win me as an adherent. Roman Catholic, uh, being Roman Catholic stopped answering my questions at age 13. Reincarnationist learnings were satisfying enough, or so I thought, while I kept searching for truth. One month after taking up Transcendental Meditation, the Arantia Book began answering questions I'd always had from age 17. It began providing fellowship from age 19, and was arriving home for me. No other religion could have done that for me. Perhaps Taoism would have been my evolutionary truth-seeking past. Andre goes on to write, If some religious paths are enough for others, why is that? There is an equality of truth hunger that leads you and others to seek. Most path-seekers offer uh, others seek to conform and comply. And there are many proscriptions, many paths that effectively say, beyond here you dare not look, beyond here are dragons. There are no dragons to be feared, only loving hands to be grasped, reaching down to hold ours. There is no them to anyone who knows the teachings and lives them, only us. That, frankly, is superior. That's pretty good, too. How about this one? I do not believe that the Arantia book is qualitatively a better resource in general as an aid to spiritual growth. I do believe it provides a merciful path for many who are confused in their thinking and chaotic experiences that have made it difficult for them to use the texts that have been referred to earlier. This is God going down the well to retrieve the fallen lamb. And Dave writes... And this is our last comment, what makes the Urantia book unique. Dave writes, The Urantia book completely rehabilitates, reweaves, and rewrites our planet's history. We are no longer all the children of Adam and Eve, carrying the burden of original sin. There are many Urantia children not descended from the Adamites. Cain is no, no longer the wandering exile. Talk about a rehabilitated reputation. He marries, has a family, builds the Elamite-Nodite civilization, facilitates the peaceful coexistence of the Nodites and Adamites for millennia. The history of the races expands our understanding of racial diversity. Our anthropologists and archaeologists are beginning to grapple with the decline of the Adamic blood inheritance, though they don't have the concept from the book the decline of a more peaceful, egalitarian society that morphs into an urban civilization of competing warrior kings and the more militarized reality of 2900 BCE coming to light. This man knows his history. So much more is revealed in the Arantia book, the great sweep of time, long periods of evolution, such as the Second Garden's labor for a seemingly endless, uneventful time thousands of years, to literally plant the seeds of civilization, our place in the universe, Edentia, Jerusalem, Salvington, etc. Are we being asked to have patience? A more clarified and logical description of afterlife on the Marantia world and the exquisite history of Jesus' life. I sometimes wonder if the authors of the Arantia book didn't attempt too much But apparently their idea was either they are ready for it or they should be. And here's a nudge in the right direction. I love that one. I love that one. Man, that's nice. So there you have it. People giving their uh, heartfelt response to the great question, what makes the Urantia book unique? And certainly what makes it why we do these podcasts because of its uniqueness. Now we have new listeners that are coming on board because I see the numbers growing and they're growing well, which tells me that this beacon of light, otherwise known as the Urantia radio podcast, is starting to attract people who may be looking for something a little special and looking for a better path to uh, find and have that experience with their creator. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. I want you to share this podcast. Uh, we're now on multiple platforms. We're back up on TuneIn, which is great. Uh, and about a half a dozen others. I know we're on Google. And our website is a good place to start. It also lists some of the events that are going on. You can sample the book. I have a link to the Foundation's online version of the Arantia book. And there's some articles that I pin. And then in a few weeks, I'll start maybe sharing some of my book with you, which, by the way, is called A Further Revelation of the Arantia Book. That's the working title, but we'll see. I I hope that you've enjoyed this section, and I want to just kind of leave it with some music that I love from Jennifer Rush, who sings a great rendition of the Moody Blues, Nights in White Satin, which I think was written based on the Arantia Book, but I could be wrong and I could find out from Justin Hayward. He would know. Until next time, thank you again. God bless, and thanks for stopping by the Arantia Radio Podcast.